Welcome to the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. We don't shy away and keep secrets here. We empower you with education, telling you the truth about all things aesthetic medicine while encouraging you to be the best version of yourself. It's time to look great and feel good doing it. This is your host, mom, speaker, and board-certified physician, Dr. Judith Forger. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 47 of the Aesthetic Doctor Podcast. Today, I have all the way from the other side of the world, from Australia to be specific, um, the amazing RN Michelle Gordon. She and I are talking about burnout, especially burnout in healthcare providers, which is super prevalent and worldwide. And really, she'll be sharing her personal journey as well as the tools that she has used to overcome her personal burnout and that she now uses to coach over 200 nurses in her coaching program to help decrease and prevent burnout. Michelle Gordon is also known as the healthy, happy nurse. She's an expert on both burnout and coaching. So please help me welcome Michelle Gordon. All righty, you guys, like I said in the introduction, I have Michelle Gordon with me and she is here all the way from Australia. And thank you for getting up before 5 a.m. for me and my listeners. So first of all, thank you for that. I hope you're well caffeinated or working on it at least. I am. Thanks for having me, Judith. I've got my coffee right next to me. <laughs> and, you know, you are also a nurse, um, an emergency nurse. And obviously my background is in emergency medicine. And I think, you know, talking about burnout, I love that you hear from the other side of the world from a completely different healthcare system, yet suffering from burnout. And in the U.S. right now, emergency medicine is really the area of medicine that statistically has the highest like percentage of burnout. So I just would love to hear sort of your thoughts about all the ways that, you know, nurses, doctors, techs, assistants, everybody in medicine really, and I don't mean everybody, but so many people in medicine suffer from huge burnout and what you think is contributing to that. Yeah, such a big conversation that we can have today. And burnout is essentially a chronic form of misalignment. So misalignment in where the activities that we're dedicating our time to no longer align with our values and our life priorities. And what I'm finding and what I've seen in, in all my years since my burnout journey and when I hit absolute rock bottom, that was 2018. And obviously we've had the pandemic since then and so so many other things and, and we've, you know, pretty much now somewhat gone back to normal, I guess, especially here in Australia, is just the, the the pace in which I guess emergency medicine is like definitely it's a, it's a different paced world or an environment, and it's I guess the you know the front line of healthcare. So that also did see um, it took it took the brunt of of the pandemic as well. And I remember when the pandemic hit especially in Australia, 
we were all sort of standing there, particularly in our emergency department. We, I had um, back then, I was working in a regional emergency department in in central Queensland, so we weren't in in a city or um, a built up area in Australia. We were very regional, very remote, but serviced a big population in Australia, and we we're all sort of standing around thinking, "What is coming? Like, what is happening here?" And so the uncertainty and the fear was also can also fuel burnout, right? So there's a combination of so many things. And what I've also found is our internal, I guess, programs and patterns that we as individuals run in terms of people-pleasing, perfectionism, and high achievers are also um, more susceptible to burnout too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, sometimes those patterns have made us really successful throughout things that are like society condition, right? Like you got all the A's in school and then you got into medical school or nursing school or whatever, and then you strive to the best and then you took on a leadership role and all of the stuff, right? Um, but I think the first thing that I really just wanted to make a comment on, and which is why I love having you, is really the idea that this is such a global phenomenon. And that, you know, I, I, I sort of in the tragedy of the degree of burnout, I love the idea that, again, as people across the world and as healthcare providers across the world, we share more similarities than differences, even if we work in different countries and in different systems. You know, yeah. we're still human and we face a lot of the same stressors being in these high stakes situation, probably having all these metrics to adhere to increasing burden of like administration and paperwork. And, you know, in the US, we're really facing problems with understaffing and difficulty recruiting people. And, you know, and, and just the fact that, again, as an earth and a world of people, you know, this isn't a US problem or an Australian problem. It's really like a human condition problem. Yeah, absolutely. It is. And I've spoken with so many nurses myself um, in my journey across, you know, Australia, the States. I've worked with a lot of nurses to help them sort of through their journey through burnout and overcome that. And it's the same almost the same set of experiences, just different location, just a different location and the same drivers of burnout too. And when the world stopped during the pandemic, which is what I'm seeing now, although my journey through burnout was pre-pandemic, the nurses that I've, you know, working with post the pandemic is the world stopped for so many people and slowed down and yet, the pace in which we had to then function in, in the medical system was very different. And it, it almost complicated, like you said, the metrics and administration and so many different complications. It sort of took our workload to another level, right, which added to, I guess, the um, the misalignment. Yes. And, and, you know, I think, and again, I don't want to say that we in emergency medicine have it worse than any other nursing or healthcare profession. It just happens to be that we're both emergency medicine. So we can obviously talk about this as an example. And, and I think the other thing is too, that as the pandemic happened and life inside of the hospital was so different from life outside of the hospital, I think a lot of us in healthcare also felt like 
nobody else really understood what we were going through. Do you feel like your, your clients felt that way? Oh yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as, as the rest of the world was sort of locked up, you know, and restricted, we, like, I was almost like going to work thinking my life hasn't changed. Like my life hasn't changed. I still get up. I still go to work. Um, in, in the region where I live, they had supermarket open for healthcare workers at a certain time to do their groceries. And and it was just, my life almost didn't change in over that time. And we were still going about our normal, I guess, daily, you know, get up, go to work when, when the rest, rest of the world was, it had to stay home and had to change and had to do their work from home and all of those different things. So in that way, it was really conflicting because, and then the people that we were servicing, so the people coming into the hospital were also experiencing a different, having a different experience. And their experience was very um, fearful. They were afraid. So that was a big impact too on, on, you know, the people who we were seeing and, and the way they were feeling about coming into getting medical help. Yeah. Yeah. It was a scary time, especially the beginning of the pandemic when I think also, you know, pre-vaccine and all that, nobody really knew, knew how much risk we were putting ourselves on, how much risk the patients were at. Um, but, you know, going back to the original thing that we talked about, you have, a couple times mentioned your journey to burnout and from listening to your podcast and reading about your story I've had the privilege to hear some of it but I think it would just be really impactful powerful story for you to share with our audience exactly what are all the symptoms that you experienced what was your life like when you were really truly at, at rock bottom and you know what what caused it yeah so my journey as I said, was in 2018 um, to 2000, and I guess 2016 to 18. And that in 2018, I really realized I hit my rock bottom and I'd been functioning as an emergency nurse full time. I was, I have three, had three small children at the time. My children have grown up and um, at the time they were really little and really dependent. And my husband was working full time in, in his business and I, as the high achiever over functioning personality and, and people pleaser, um, was finding it really difficult to say no to extra shifts, to overtime. And I was, um, ha- now that I look back, I was in that chronic mis- misalignment. So I was working a lot where my values really were my family and my small children. So I couldn't see that though at the time. And I kept pushing myself to to do better, to do more, to show up, to really um, climb the ranks through emergency as an emergency nurse. And I started to just feel really numb. I thought, oh, I'll just keep pushing through. And that's the first stage. I'll just keep going. I'll, I'll just keep pushing through. And then I started to notice my health deteriorated. I started gaining weight. I wasn't sleeping very well. Um, I wasn't looking after 
my nutrition or nourishing my body and and then the the, the stress as well of of trying to manage all of those different areas in my life or not at all um and the way it was impacting me I just put my head down and just kept working and to cope with the the heavy feelings of stress and overwhelm that I was feeling I started to drink alcohol to 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 numb out and that was my escape so I would come home from work I'd had a really hectic shift in the emergency department I worked was working in the resus room at the time. So that was mainly where I was um, doing my shifts. And it it was crazy. That was my my five, six shifts a week, sometimes seven shifts a week. I was in that environment and coming home and just to escape. And so I didn't have to feel any of the feelings. I would drink at least a bottle of wine, if not two. And that became a really chronic habit. And eventually I just tipped right over into, into that rock bottom where one of those moments for me was waking up on the floor after passing out Think, and I thought, what am I doing? I'm going to kill myself if I keep going through this and not look after myself. And it was one of those big wake up moments for me that I went wow this is this has got to stop yeah wow thank you for sharing and 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 what happened next so I woke up in that moment and sort of had a good hard look at myself and thought I can't keep going my other moment was when my little daughter who was 18 months at the time she was yeah no, she was two and a half. So she was toddling around just, just talking and she was exploring the world and she saw me sit down on the couch one afternoon after a shift. I walked in the door and poured my wine and I sat down and I'd had a couple of glasses of wine and, again, had resumed my, you know, my position of I'm escaping, I'm just numbing out now. And she came up to me and had been trying to get my attention and ended up coming, walking straight up to me in where I was sitting on, on the lounge and reached out and grabbed my face with her little hands. And she said, looked at me in the eye and said, mummy, where are you? And she was just staring at me as if, where, where, you know, you're not here, you're here, but you're not here. And that was the second moment where I went, right, enough is enough. And I reached out to um, to a, a personal trainer who I just thought, I'll get my health and fitness back on track. That will help. And it ended up being a journey where I stopped the alcohol and I started going to the gym to really break that habit of pour, coming home, pouring the wine. And that was my first step. And I started to feel really crystal clear. And I started to release that brain fog. And I started to feel again. And I wasn't numbing myself. And then my next journey was really working on, well, what were the drivers of my burnout here? Why, why was I choosing to work really hard? 
above my and over my values why where was the misalignment and I started to really look at well I was a perfectionist and I didn't realize that before and then I realized well I'm a people pleaser when I can't say no and I need to start saying no and really have some boundaries around my time and energy and my life priorities and when I felt inadequate um, I, I realized that I would overfunction and go and above and beyond in terms of my capacity. And I started to look at, wow, well, that's really interesting that I do that. And I had to sort of own those areas of myself and really look at that and, and really start to, for the first time, see that I was an amazing emergency nurse I'm amazing nurse right why Mm. everyone else knew that but I didn't Mm. so when I got clear on all of those things really developed those boundaries started to I guess love myself from the inside um, outwards things started to change yeah thank you for sharing that that is I mean, such a heartbreaking and powerful journey all at once. Um, so thank you for your vulnerability, first of all. Um, you kind of sort of glossed over the like, oh, I just stopped drinking and I went and sought out a personal trainer. But I assume that was really, really hard, right? After oh, yeah. like having this pattern for such a long time. I mean, it wasn't just a, I did it, I waved a magic wand. I mean, I, I that must have been just such a long and hard journey, especially, you know, without truly professional help to dig yourself out of it. Absolutely. It was. So it was not the most, I think the the first six months were really, really hard in terms of the mental battle that I was having and the, the habits that I had created that weren't serving me. And I had to undo all of those habits. And I remember coming home from work after yet another crazy shift in the emergency department. And my go-to was pour the wine and escape and just numb myself. And I had to not do that anymore. And that had to be a choice. So that mental battle for me to be able to just sit in it, in the feelings that I was feeling, rather than numb and escape, it was horrible. It was something that I had switched off. And this is the thing about burnout and, you know, throughout the journey through burnout, there's a period where you switch off your emotions because it's easier to not deal with them and to not feel them. And that's what I had done. So feeling those emotions was really painful and, that was perhaps it felt really scary and was it was that was perhaps the hardest thing that I had to learn to do and I remember so many times where I just cried and cried and cried and felt the pain of the overwhelm and the the stress of the day that I'd had and you know the little baby that we had to try and resus that we couldn't resus you know that we couldn't bring back and those things I had to just sit in it and just be somewhat how come to terms with them 
so yeah it wasn't an easy journey and it did take quite a few months for me to go through that and yeah it was that in itself was a big journey you're obviously an amazing resilient person to have had that and and at this point in the podcast though I do want to um you know make sure that all of our listeners know that even though you know Michelle didn't have access I think that's one of the things we had discussed too of a lot of resources which is why she's a resource now you know if you're feeling in rock bottom as listeners please like reach out if you need any recovery programs, if you need any coaching, you know, I, at the time worked with a psychiatrist when I was at the lowest of my burnout, because my catching point was that I felt myself having a thought that maybe the world and my children would be better off without me, you know? So I just want to make sure that at this point to really throw that out there to everybody that you are not alone, no matter how alone you feel, even if you just know Michelle and I, like reach out to us because yeah. you're not alone. Like this is other people are suffering and the, and this is the problem, right? We're all suffering in silence. And especially like you mentioned, you know, I do a pediatric emergency medicine and it is like, there's so much trauma in healthcare, right? Where we just layer trauma upon trauma. And so many times we like internalize it. Yeah, absolutely. And you in the midst of burnout it does feel really lonely and it's another thing that we as healthcare workers need to to I guess this is why I I do what I do now in supporting people through burnout is talk about it and not hide it the fact and I think we are so good as as healthcare workers to put on the front that we're okay you know, we, we look after people. That's our job. Um, when deep down inside, often so many are struggling and that's, that's where, you know, it, this having talking about it here on, on your podcast and being that support and being that resource, having someone where you can reach out to. And from what I'm, you know, in my journey and what I've experienced since is that so many people, or so many healthcare workers are not feeling as though they can reach out. Yes. And, and just enduring that, that loneliness and that struggle on their own. And we don't have to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And so, you know, as sort of like the complete hero saga, because I think you've really completed the hero saga, you obviously um, are on the other side of burnout, even though, you know, we have already mentioned that it is a chronic thing, right? And some of your patterns are chronic and most of us kind of float a little on an ocean. Um, and your podcast is aptly named Feeling Bliss After Burnout, which I assume is sort of what you're working on right now. And, um, you know, I love that when you talk about your coaching, um, you talk about, you know, breaking through beliefs, helping people into alignment and helping people into manifestation. Tell me about the manifestation piece or the alignment piece or all of them. Yeah. Oh, look, it's exciting. I, what I realized is after burnout uh, and the process that I that I went through was 
I came back into alignment with myself. I was, for the first time in years, I felt like myself. I felt, I felt, I could feel my feelings. I felt confident. I felt clear, crystal clear in my mind. I wasn't, I wasn't spending my time in my head overthinking. I had energy again where I hadn't had energy for for so many years. I was waking up exhausted and all of that, I guess, all, all of that just stopped. And I really found that I was in alignment with who I was, with my values, with my energy, with what I wanted and how I wanted to live my life. And that alignment part was when I started to to be able to look forward in my future, both in my professional and personal life and go and do the things that I wanted to do. And that's where the manifestation came in because I really got clear on how did I want to live my life? How did I want to look and feel in my body? I wanted, I lost 12 kilos, you know, 12 kilos. That's you, you talk. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight and, and, you know, I got really fit and strong. I've maintained that now for five years. I wanted to work part-time. I didn't want to work full-time anymore. I wanted to own a beautiful home by the beach where I live in Australia And I started to be able to to forecast all of these goals in my life and my family's life. And all of these things started to come into our lives. And it was that alignment because I had cleaned up all of those other parts of myself, such as the people-pleasing, such as the perfectionism and the over-functioning. And I started to feel my feelings for the first time that that alignment then helps me start to create a really clear future in what I wanted. And that's where the exciting part is, is when you get through burnout, when you come back into alignment, all of what, everything starts to drop in, in terms of what you actually want from life when you start asking for it. And when you get really clear about what that is, And when you've cleaned up the limiting beliefs and the old programs and patterns, and so many I've worked with over 200 nurses since 2020 and uh, all, you know, who have, have experienced a burnout in various stages. And this is the journey that they're on now too, is that alignment when they drop back into alignment is they then can sort of really forecast and start to manifest the future that they want. And it's so exciting. <laughs> I love that because I, yeah, I, I feel a lot the same way in terms of just being aligned with yourself and your values and your goals and your priority. And then, I, you know, I call it um, very much like being intentional, you know, being intentional with how you spend your time, what you put your energy in, you know, how you plan for the future. And you're absolutely right. That's like when suddenly the abundance of the universe sort of descends on you. And a lot of it is like also that you do have, like you said, aligned and focused actions that make it happen, right? Like when I think of manifestation, even though there's definitely this energetic component to it, we're all making it happen, right? You're not just sitting on your couch wishing for 
things, like you're doing the steps and you're being intentional and you're being acting a certain way. Um, so I just love where you've come and I love the message you have for kind of nurses everywhere. So taking it a step further, do you have any practical advice for anybody who might be listening, maybe even going to or from their shift saying, wow, I think that's me. Yeah. Yeah. The first thing is to acknowledge and accept where you're at. So that's the first thing. And so many people in burnout are going through the motions. So they're just living on that hamster wheel and feeling the frustration. But like I said, you know, the head, putting their head down and continuing to plow through and push through, that's the first thing that has to stop is actually stop and have a, have a look at wow, this is where I'm at and it's not great and I don't feel great about it. So when you can stop and acknowledge and accept, then you can decide to move, to choose. It's making that decision that I'm not going to live like this anymore and what do I want to see happen in my life from now? And I think that's the second step is where to from here? What do What does that look like for me? And getting help, like reaching out to someone for help is, is really important. And for me, when I went through this, I had tried several, I guess, traditional methods that were offered here in Australia for help in burnout, and it just didn't work for me. So counselling, and I talked about the past, and I talked about past experiences that I was feeling in the emergency department as a nurse and I was finding that I was sort of going around and around in circles what changed the game for me was coaching and you know there's no right or wrong here counseling is is amazing it just didn't work for me so what what I found was coaching was really cleaning up the unconscious mind and the patterns and the programs that I was running in the unconscious mind and really moving towards the future rather than reflecting on the past. And, and that's, that was another um, really big step that started to change the way I was showing up. So I think those first few things is own and accept where you are um, look at where you want to go and what you want your life to be like beyond burnout and then reaching out to someone for help. Yeah. And I, I mean, you said it perfectly because that has been my journey as well. You know, it's, it was coaching that really changed my life. And, yeah. you know, the other thing that I want to just add to what you said, if somebody is listening and they're really deep in burnout, it's also okay if right now you can't imagine the future yet, because sometimes things are so dark that yeah. maybe even just noticing is all you can do today, or maybe just saying, I'm not okay. And that's all you have to say, you know, when you're, because there is different squares that you move through on an evolution of healing. So, you know, Michelle has obviously taken the first two steps together as we're like, we first kind of acknowledge and notice, and then we start planning for the future instead of vision. But it's totally okay if you're so squarely in square one that you're just like, this is awful. I feel terrible. 
I'm drinking or I'm having suicidal thoughts or I wish like my power would go out that I would never have to go to work again. Or I would get, I've even had people tell me I was wishing that I could be sick. So I would never have to go to work again. So you're that deep in it. It's also okay for step one to just say, I'm not okay. okay. Absolutely. And you're so right, Judith, like there's times where the the fog and the haze and the darkness is so overwhelming that you can't see the future. Um, And that's okay. You know, it's like, I I'm, I'm here and I don't need to be in this place or where I'm at right now in my life. And if that's where you are, that's okay. You can, there's a way to sort of move beyond that. Um, And I guess it's really deciding, okay, I am going to shift this and I'm going to work through this. And that was the one of the real powerful moments for me. You know, when I talked about when my daughter and then she came to me and, you know, looked me in the eye and then that moment that I woke up on the floor, it was that decision, whoa, I need to stop this behaviour and I, I'm going to work this out. Yeah. yeah. And I had that aha moment too, where I was like, wow, this is like, has gone way too deep, like got to do yep. something. And, yeah. and you're absolutely right. That point is at some point, and sometimes it can be a big thing or a small thing. So I'm just saying, if somebody's listening to this and tends to like, you know, on the way back from their shift being like, whoa, this is what it's called. Okay. Um, you know, reach out. And I love that you're helping other nurses. Um, are you still working clinically as a nurse or not at all? Yeah, so I took, um, 12 months ago, I left the emergency department. So I had been there for nine years and I'd been um, working as a quick care nurse for probably around 15 years. And I took 12 months off to really hone in on my coaching business and um, work with clients and build that. And just recently, I've gone back to... um, to casual work as an OC health and safety nurse. So I'm just doing a little bit of nursing to keep my registration current. um, And my main focus is my business. Yeah. All right. Well, this is a perfect segue. So I love though that you've dedicated your life now to helping not only your patients, but fellow nurses, because, you know, like we said before, the cameras were rolling, the recording was on like we really both strongly believe that you know like healthcare workers need to be taken care of and you and I are both people that work with healthcare workers to kind of decrease their burnout and you know help their work-life integration um so I assume you do most of this virtually so people can contact you from all over the world yeah yep all most of my coaching is virtual, which is so great. So I can connect with anyone across the world and different time zones. And um, yeah, I've worked with nurses in the States, lots of nurses obviously here in Australia. And um, yeah, I've got different programs and courses um, depending on where uh, each person is at. Um, generally, the the process that I take um, people through through burnout who are you know in the depths of burnout 
is a 12-week experience and most of my clients really start to feel a shift and change within four weeks. So, yeah. yeah. So where can people find you? Please tell us. And of course, as always, we will link all of your links in the show notes. But, you know, if somebody's listening and they're walking, please don't pull over and look up her website while you're driving. But, you know, um, I think it helps to hear it as well as see it. So if you would just share some of the ways that people can find you, that'd be great. So the two ways where you can find me is Instagram, which is um, at Michelle Gordon underscore coach. And I'm also on Facebook as the healthy happy nurse. And there is my third, the third way is my podcast, which is finding bliss after burnout. So um, yeah, the two, two main ways on social media, um, Facebook and Instagram. So and I love that you call your company the healthy, happy nurse, because I feel yeah. like that's obviously the total goal and how magnificent would that be if every healthcare worker out there was a healthy and happy one. And I kind of have always said that like every physician deserves a coach. And I feel like the same about nurses. I feel like every nurse deserves a coach. So so thank you so much for being that person and really shining such light and hope into the world of healthcare workers and also being so vulnerable and honest with your own story and path and for getting up like super early in the morning for me. That's okay. It's been so great to, to speak with you and have this conversation and yeah, you're doing amazing things and um, it was, it's so great to connect. So thank you for having me. Well, thanks, guys, and we will see you during our next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Aesthetic Doctor podcast with Dr. Judith Borger. We'd love to connect with you outside of the show. Follow Dr. Borger on Instagram at Dr. Borger and find more online and ways to work with Dr. Borger at www.theaestheticdoctor.com. Until next time, be well.